Hey, this is Dean Wilson, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. What's up? We're back with another episode. Off-season talk, maybe. A little silly season talk has come and gone. This week, it's episode 211, brought to you by Cherubies USA. Title sponsor. They are back for 2022. I appreciate Talon and Brian coming back on. But for decades, Cherubies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last. Cherubies has what you need. Visit CherubiesUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440. Talk to Brian Fullerton. Let him know that you listen to the Moto X Pod Show. Also on board, X Brand Goggles, also back for 2022. Extreme Colors Helmet Painting, Williams Moto Works, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, R Jerky. Don't forget to use promo code MotoXPod21 at erjerky.com. Torque One Racing, also back on. Another one that I've confirmed. Shock Socks, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing. Power band racing for you WP suspension guys. Don't forget to go to Blood Lubricants and use the promo code MotoX. Uh, yeah, that's our that's our list of sponsors. Scotty, you're in studio tonight. Uh, what's up, dude? What's up, man? What's happening? Just uh, first show back. We've been off for a couple weeks. We have had, like I said, silly season has come and gone. Everything was made official on October first. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit here in a second. I want to thank we thank our sponsors. I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, that's always good. We got some money coming in. We got some new money coming in for 22 with the sponsors. Um, Works Connection is going to be coming on board, Scotty, for 22. So we'll be working on that deal. Uh, I got an email a little bit ago working on that. But, yeah, trying to get some more money so we can hit some 2022 Supercrosses, maybe make a few more trips than I did this year. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. It's just awesome to be a part of this and see it keep growing. And yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm stoked to see where it goes. Uh, so anything with silly season that you are want to talk about anything that you that's on your mind about any of it, you know, we know Jason Anderson going to Kawi, Eli star Yamaha, Mookie to Husky, Dino's back with Husky. Uh, we got some new guys at RMAT at Rocky mountain, ATV MC. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Zach was back yeah. on Husky, uh, Max Ancy, Mumford, Bar X, MCR, Justin Brayton. I mean, some kind of cool things going on. We've kind of known this for a while, but anything that stands out, anything that you're wondering about, anything you're concerned about? Man, to be honest with you, and just, you know, just thinking about it right now, I it kind of, for once, it sounds like everything kind of makes sense. Like, Do you really I, so? I, I, I kind of think that I like, I mean, it's weird seeing Anderson not on Husky because he's been on that, like, pretty much as the whole time yeah, that always. he's, the whole yeah. time that he's been successful, he's at least been on Husky. Yeah. So it's weird to see him move, but I think that Cowie is a good fit for him. Um, I think he will be paired good with AC. Um, it kind of gives AC that motivation to be that guy, but also at the same time, not as, you know, I think their personalities will gel a little better than maybe his and Tomac's did. And I think Tomac will fit well with that star team. And I think that bike is going to be good for him. So, and then Roxon staying, I like that. Uh, Cooper's still going to be on KTM. 
I mean, everybody's, it's going to be a, a dogfight. Everybody's ready to go. I think it's going to yeah. work well. It's yeah. going to make a good season. It'll be here before we know it. Before we continue, uh, no video tonight. For those of you listening in post, sorry. We're still, we cannot, I just cannot get the audio sync to match up with YouTube. I just did an update on the software. I'm probably going to have to hire somebody to come in. It just changes. Like, literally, Scotty, I was doing a test stream on YouTube earlier, and the first time I set it up, the audio was like 20 seconds late. So I adjusted some things, and it didn't change at all like it should have. I restarted everything, and then it was dead on. And I was sitting there continuing the stream, doing some things, and as the stream went, it just got worse, and it kept getting off. I don't know what that is. I can't figure it out. We're going to have to hire a professional, but we'll try to get the YouTube going before Supercross starts. We might have to do a few shows. We're not going to, we're going to do one or two a month for the next couple months until Supercross starts uh, as we try to get into the, right back to racing, but we're going to try to make sure YouTube's ready to go by Supercross. So Yeah, it's, it's, it, it seems like the, the more official we tried to make our YouTube video, they the more problems happen. So, you know, it is what it is, but yeah, we'll, we'll figure it, fixed, it out. But, um, yeah, so made a trip to Vegas last week out to Pulp. You said you just sort of finished it recently today, yes. maybe. Yeah, I, I finally was in a situation where I had, I got able was able to listen to it for a long period of time, and I went ahead and finished yeah. it. So, Well, I guess I should announce before I even get into that is tonight on the show, we have Alex Campbell, which is Dylan Ferrandez's mechanic. He's been there for all four of the championships. So that's going to be fun. And I, I, that's why I bring that up because of something I said on Pulp. I want to get your thoughts on. But also, we're going to have Austin Youngblood, uh, Young Buck Watterson. He's a young kid that's wrenching for Max Volan over at Factory KTM. And then Privateer Austin Black is going to come on. Uh, that's our show tonight. But when I was in Studio Pulp, uh, I don't remember if it was X Brand or something where they asked me who I thought was going to win Supercross. And, oh, it was Hal. I think it was Hal. Yeah. Hal asked oh, yeah, it was me, right at the beginning. Our boy Hal, yeah, early. And I called Dylan Ferrandis, and everybody was like, they th- I mean, Steve and Kiefer kind of was like, I uh, thought that was a dumb pick, but I'm, I'm standing by it, man. And, and I kind of talked to him off air a little bit about it. It's like, look, I don't feel like, I think, I don't feel like I talked about this last week. We hadn't done a show. So I don't think Cooper Webb repeats, like back to back. It's, it's so hard to win one. It's even way more difficult to go back to back. I know we've seen it done in the past when maybe the field wasn't as deep, but I don't think Cooper goes back to back. So I take Cooper out. Eli switching bikes. He's going to be figuring the bike out for a little bit. So I took him out. Same thing with Jason. And I don't know that Jason's at that level where he could win enough to win a championship as long as everybody else is healthy. Right. So I took him out. I don't have confidence in Kenny getting through all the races healthy or whatever, you know. So I took him out. That's why I went with Dylan, man. I think Dylan is just his motivated. We see his fight, his drive. We see how he when he wants something, he goes after it the way he does. So that's my pick. At the time, I didn't know Zach was coming back for sure. So Zach could be a little bit of a wrinkle. And then AC, just don't trust him yet either. I think, you know, he's just got that tendency to wash the front end or make those little goofy mistakes. So that's why I, I'm sticking with Dylan. But I want to get your thoughts on me picking Dylan to win the Supercross championship and maybe who you think is going to win the Supercross. Who, who well, are you leaning towards? I, I really, I mean, your argument has, you know, it doesn't really. It's pretty fucking smart. I mean, it? it's, Oops, I mean, it's a language. solid theory. I mean, everything that you said kind of makes sense. Um, and, and to kind of even give a little more to your to your argument is that now Dylan Ferrandis he kind of this this past year he established himself as the star guy. You know, he obviously he was 
I think he I don't did he do the best out of them in Supercross too? I think he did. Yeah, maybe overall. I'd have to go back and look. But him I, or, I him or so. Aaron were having yeah. been close, and then obviously outdoors he won. So he's established himself as the Yamaha guy. Well, then yeah, now he was seventh, right? Seventh overall out in Supercross. Dylan, I think. He was. I thought. Was yeah. he not closer than that. I thought he was seventh, but uh, that will continue. I'll okay. Look. So, anyways, yeah. so now, so now he he has established himself as the Yamaha guy. Well, then now you bring seventh. Tomac in, and Tomac obviously is one of the mega stars of the premier class. So I think that that gives him even more fuel to continue to to be better because he wants to keep that role as the best guy on the team. Yeah. He wants to be the Yamaha guy. So I think that kind of motivates him, keeps him hungry this offseason. So that even gives you more to your point. But I also think that I think that the consistency of Kenny can still win win a title. A couple of a couple of things go differently this past year. It was it would still in I mean He's going to come out strong. He's going to be there. If he can get rid of a couple of those just terrible nights, I mean, I still think you can't rule him out. Yeah. And I think Tomac, if I, I don't know. That could go either way. So I'm not ruling anybody else out. I'm just saying Dylan's my favorite yeah, right now. I mean, that's a fair pick. Right. I would I would say either him or or Coop would be the <laughs> would would be the, ult, the 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 top picks, I would think. Yeah, I, I don't I, I think Cooper is probably my number two. So, like, I'm definitely, when I said that repeating unlikely, I'm certainly not saying it's impossible yeah. or even close to impossible. But as you were saying, any one of those guys could, because we saw, we saw it in the outdoor season, and I, and I said this at the beginning of the season, I said, you can win maybe three, four, three to five overalls as long as you're constantly, you know, two, four, three, one, stuff like that. You're going to end up winning the title, and that, and then Ferrandez won the title by what fifty over fifty points. Yeah, so yeah. so it that that theory worked. So I think if if somebody like uh, a AC or even Sexton can can get hot at the beginning, knock off a didn't even consider. I didn't even mention that, Sexton. Yeah. I mean these guys, you know, they they take before you've even left California, they have four out of six wins. You know, it's going to be hard to. It put yourself in a good position. Put yourself in the driver's seat. Whoever is putting themselves in the driver's seat after the first couple of rounds, I think, is the best spot to be. And that's what Dylan did in outdoors. Um, Cooper kind of did a different little, little bit different of an approach in the Supercross season. But I think that being in the driver's seat is going to be the best bet. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, okay. So back to going out to Vegas. <clears throat> did the e-bike ride? I yeah. want one. I want an e-bike now. I'm pretty much in on that. You're down. Yeah. I've never rode one, dude. I've never even really rode mountain bikes either. So I was coming off COVID. I was sick, uh, or I was very weak. I had no energy, and I had told Steve, I don't know, dude. Like even before I got sick, I told him, man, I don't want to ruin your e bike ride because I am <laughs> not in good shape. Yeah. And then I was coming off COVID. I literally got released on Monday, flew out Tuesday morning, so I was still very, very weak. And as soon as I got there, he's like, "Hey, you ready to go?" I was like, all right, dude, but I feel like I'm going to ruin your time. He's like, no, it's going to be a short ride, blah, blah, blah. And we got out there. We rode for about 45 minutes. Yeah. It, we went six miles. It felt like 106 yeah, miles. Um, but it was so fun, man. Like, I just. Does it feel more like biking or more like riding, like moto? Uh, no, it still felt like, to me, it still felt like a bicycle. But, I mean, I kept it in the middle one, which I think is called trail. So I don't remember what the percentage that that adds. It was something like 30% or 40% yeah. or whatever. 
Is and it I, like a throttle or is it just an assist? No, you just pedal, and as soon as you pedal, you feel it pull. And when oh. you go to boost, which is the highest, and it adds 70%, like if you pedal just a little bit, barely touch the pedal, you feel the bike take off. But oh. it, you have to keep pedaling. For this whole time, I thought it had a little throttle to it. No, no, no. It's all on the – well, the pedal is basically the, the throttle. throttle. It just yeah. adds power. Just it adds yeah. whatever. You know, yeah, it adds pedal speed or pe- – like I don't know how to – yeah, that it, makes sense. Know. No, I get you. But, uh, like, I left it in trail most of the time, and Steve was hauling ass down these ravines. And well, he does it, like, every day. Chunky rocks. And I was like, dude, there's no way a bicycle's going to stick to this. But, uh, you know, it was fun. And then going up like, the really big hill, or it wasn't really big, but to me that day it felt really big. I, I put it on boost because it was the only way I was going to get up. Yeah. And, and, but it was fun, man. I just I, I wanted to get in better shape. It it made me want to ride a bicycle. Not just all work. Yeah, typically when I go on my bicycle rides, I'm like f- talking myself into going. It's yeah. not fun. That was fun, so I really appreciate Steve taking me on that. Uh, we've got a few minutes before we get Alex on. Do you, you know, you heard the... The, the ultimatum? The ulti- not really an ultimatum, I but, know, the, but. <laughs> uh, the proposition... Proposition, yeah. ...that Kiefer had. I can't talk about it. I did talk to Chris last night. Uh, he called me, and then we got on a little three-way text with Steve... Uh, what do you, anything you want to know? Anything you want to talk well, about? Because I know I'm getting a shit ton of people saying you're an idiot. Basically, if you don't do it, I've had about four tell me absolutely don't cut your hair. F those guys. What do you think? Um, I, you, you know, like uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit before on the air, but I think that you can look at either perspective. It really just depends. And both of them would make sense. The, the side of the people saying F that don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do what other don't succumb to what other people want to do. I get that. Like, you know, you're you are a grown man, you can make your own decisions and you don't really necessarily want to succumb to bullying would be the piece, the right, PC yeah. way to say it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The other side of me says, dude, if if my friend like like yeah, I don't really I don't really want to do it, but if if one of my buddies is going to offer me a complete brand new dirt bike just to do something stupid, I mean like you said, it's hair's hair. It'll grow back. Yeah. Like, so there's, I can see either way. Like, I mean, it's just funny that he's actually willing to give you a bike. And it's kind of funny that he kind of was already working on a project to where you might be able to have a ride a bike. And I yeah. like, I like how he took I his opportunity. He was very yeah. opportunistic to add that to it. He took, he saw his moment and he took his chance. Yeah. He shot his I, shot. I was going to get a test bike for the year. Originally, that was something we talked about and that didn't have anything to do with hair, but, um, it's funny, a lot of people kind of say what you said. We're like, oh, they're bullying you or blah, blah, blah. But they really have become friends. I mean, I know Steve talks a lot of shit on air. But, man, when we're, like, hanging out at his house or driving to go, he's become a friend, man. I mean, he's not, like, my best friend by any means. But he's cool. He's very – he acts just like a friend, right? And I talk shit on TJ constantly. and We bust balls. That's what we do. That's kind of what they're doing. Yeah. They legitimately don't think I should have long hair. They – think it's funny and cool to get me to cut it. So they, they gave me an option that's very hard to pass up, but yeah. I really like my hair. I would have the um, bike. I would I would want to see the bike in the truck before oh, yeah? <laughs> before the Clippers came out. Well, we, we kind of ironed it all out last night. Uh, I think we're going to, you know, Steve's going to decide when we're going to announce what we're going to do. He, was, he wasn't super stoked on some of my thoughts and some of my reactions, so I think people might be a little surprised by what we came up with, what the the end game's going to be. Uh, I do know which bike he was going to offer me now. Well, no, I take that back. I don't know. I do not know. 
I thought I had it figured out, and I was wrong. Apparently, well, I, they said I was wrong. So um, Steve's going to let me know what what we're going to do here in a few weeks. We'll probably do it on yeah. a pulp show. This is funny. I this think is funny. Kiefer wants to cut it at a live show, like at the A one or something. Yeah. At a live hold show. it like a gladiator. Yeah, oh, he told me if I if I get this done, I'm keeping your hair forever. I was like, this fucking Weird. sorry about the bad <laughs> words again, guys. If you got kids, I apologize. I need to cut that back. But he's like, I'm keeping this hair forever, and I'm like, that's really weird, dude. That's like more weird than Steve keeping Bradshaw's water bottle. Yeah, that, they, that's super weird. The water bottle's starting to look kind of funky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, well, yeah, okay. we're, uh, so. I I can just a little bit of a I have a I have a story that I kind of with my buddies that I went through in my in my early twenties. They had both done. I don't know if you've ever heard of called getting a smiley. It's where you take a big lighter and you get it super hot, and then when you turn you kind of basically like tattoo yourself. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it gives you like a blister, that, but... and you still have like a little thing. We they were did it, and it was kind of like a blood brothers kind of thing, and. They, it was super dumb for me to do, and like I'm bur- like I'm gonna sit here and burn myself. Right, didn't really want to do it. Did it because my buddies wanted me to do it. Same kind of scenario that you're in. A little baby, a little bit of peer pressure, whatever you want to call it. And I went ahead and did it. And yeah, it was dumb. And yeah, it hurt. And yeah, my hand blistered up. But now to this day, when I still, it's still like something that we talk about, and it's still funny. And my hand grew back fine. Can't even. I mean, I still have a little mark, but you can't even hardly notice it. It's gonna. It's kind of the same scenario. Like, yeah, it was dumb, but looking back on it, it was kind of worth it. It's kind of like a ritual, like a rite of passage. Yeah. If that's if, if you. I think if you look at it that way, it's kind of a no brainer. Well, uh, uh, they're definitely not bullying me, and I'm not succumbing to peer pressure. Uh, you know, I made that pretty clear. We'll, we'll talk about it when Steve's ready to announce it. But um, yes. Kiefer actually told me to f off on one of my things I said last night. So he, yeah, he was he got a little hot, uh, but we did eventually come to a decision. So we'll we'll find that. I stuff like out. how it actually had like an after show discussion about it. That's that's that tells me that it's a serious thing. Yeah, they're serious, and I mean I'm serious, and I, I kind of threw in some. I I wanted to uh, throw in the stipulation. All right, I'll do it, but you got to throw in an e bike after the bike <laughs> ride. But I knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, two bikes. It's going to be hard to yeah, get. Right? <laughs> it was pretty funny. Like Monday night during that or Tuesday night during that show, Hal was texting me. He's like, like literally as that conversation was going on, like um. Real time, I was getting texts from Hal. He's like, F those guys. Don't do it. Screw them. That's not cool. And then Kiefer said, I'll give you a bike. And like the two seconds later, Hal was like, screw it. Do it. <laughs> like he changed over like in an instant. Like as soon as Kiefer said the words, he was like, don't fucking do it. Do it. Well, <laughs> so, and then and then the the way uh, the way Connor laid it out made a lot of sense too. Yeah, dude, having Connor in was rad. So yeah, that was cool. I'm glad to see him and able to do that. That was that was cool I was to see. too because originally he was supposed to be on the phone, and when I got there, they said Connor was coming in, and I was so excited. That really yeah. made my night. Seeing yeah, Connor. yeah, that's cool. I, I this all feels like deja vu, but I remember because I talked about it on the wrap up show. That's when it was when Trent and Nick yeah. handled the wrap up show. That's where we talked about a lot of this. So, um, okay, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with Alex Campbell. We've got a few more things to talk about. I want. I finally got tickets for, to see Tool for the first time. Bought those last night. We'll talk about some other stuff here in a little while, but we'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entertown. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, 
They are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kyle's Hockey, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo Senya. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm. For almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock On Grips today. All right, first up tonight, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the choice goggle company for many of the top privateers, Kyle Chisholm, John Short, Derek Kelly, and many more. Visit xbrand.com. Go to your local dealership, ask for the new Lucid Goggles distributed through WPS, or hit me up, darksidemx3 at AOL.com, and I'll get you lined out. But tonight, X-Brand Goggles brings us four-time championship mechanic for Dylan Ferrandez. Alex Peanut Campbell. What's up, dude? Oh, not much. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Glad to finally get you on here. Got a chance to visit with you briefly at Hangtown. Um, dude, four freaking championships at what, 26 years old, something like that? Yep, yep. I'm 26 right now. I'll be 27 at the end of the year. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty awesome, honestly. Yeah, because you know, I, I watched the uh, the video you did with Swap Mode Alive, and there's a lot of your history on that. Uh, but yeah, you have not been doing this very long, right? Like maybe six or seven years total. Right, exactly. Yeah, it hasn't really been that long, considering um, uh, the success that I've had, which is awesome. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, only I've only been out of high school eight years, I think. Wow. So uh, right. it's been pretty quick. So yeah. it's, uh, it's cool though. Like with your, with the way your, um, career has started, if you could stick with Dylan for a few more years, like you might give guys like goose and, uh, you know, a few of those other guys, uh, a run for their money in championships. Yeah. I mean, that would be cool and like awesome to do something like that, but those dudes will be legends forever. So I don't think I'll ever be on their level. Um, as far as how cool they were and how many people looked up to them, but, uh, definitely going to keep working hard to try and be as successful as we can as a team and uh dylan and i too so uh yeah yeah be able to rack up some more championships but we'll just keep working 
That's yeah, that's really all you can do. Now I don't do you listen to any of the other podcasts like Pulp or anything? Honestly, I don't. And okay. it's uh it's kind of crazy, but it's just I spend so much time with dirt bikes that sometimes I just need a break. Need a break, right? Well, the reason I ask is I was last week I was in Vegas. Uh I, I flew out to do the pulp show and mm-hmm. a, a listener, one of my buddies, actually called in and asked who I thought was gonna win the championship. And I called your guy, man. Dylan was my pick. And Kiefer, Chris Kiefer and Steve thought I was like losing my mind. But um, that's that's who I have. And I ha- I kind of explained the reasons on that show. And then we just talked about it, Scotty and I, a few minutes ago. But um, yep. where are you at, man? Like, I mean, you know where Dylan's at right now. He's probably just about ready to start riding again. But wh- how do you feel about his improvement from this year to going into next year? Like, I expect big strides. I just see... I see how hard he works and how bad he wants it, and he's got comfortable on that bike after a year on it. I think he's good to go. Yeah, and I think uh, 2022 will be better. As far as Supercross, it's going to be better than it was in 2021 just because of the injury he had in the offseason last year. Yep. And I think he's a little bit more calmed down. Like Last year, the uh, 250 motocross season went late because of all the craziness going on in the world, and then uh, we had a short offseason already, and it's not like we were rushing the program. Um, but we had a lot to learn as far as Dylan getting used to the bike, testing, all that type of stuff. And now this year he has a solid outdoor season under his belt. He finished all 17, uh, or went to all 17 races of Supercross. Like that's a big deal. And going into next year, knowing that he can beat the guys outdoors, I think it'll, uh, kind of like propel him into next season. You know, it's going to help him be more ready and be more confident and stuff like that. And as long as he can stay healthy and clicking off, uh, decent results i think by the end of next year like uh he could really really be a threat to win races i'm not gonna say that he could go in and win the championship obviously that's the goal that's what everybody works for when you're at the, this part of the sport yeah um but like i i'm not expecting him to go out there and win the championship like uh if he had done it before yeah for sure <laughs> sure but, sure yeah right now it's just like one of those things like just take it day by day and uh, try and do be- better than we did last year and better each weekend as it goes on. Yeah, I, I, think, that's a good, I think that's a good attitude to have. And I'll, I'll give you a quick re- rundown of what I said a minute ago. But, like, I think, like, with Cooper Webb, it's really, really hard to win one, but then to win them back-to-back, it's just, like, the odds are against Cooper. Uh, you know, Eli's on a new bike. Jason Anderson's on a new bike. It's going to take them a little while to adjust. Uh, you know, Kenny, I just don't have faith in, we've seen him kind of have bad races due to, um, physical stuff or whatever. I just don't, you know, I'm kind of counting on that to be the trend. Uh, AC Mm -hmm. has his little issues. All the guys that you can say, well, these guys could or should win have these little things. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. Dylan's the guy that came to my mind. That's who I felt in the heat of the moment and I'm standing by it. So we're not going to make this all about Dylan, though. So, Scotty, you got something for Alex? I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Well, I just, I just kind of wanted to know how, like, how you and Dylan's like personalities, like how your relationship works. Are, are y'all kind of like contrasting to where y'all are polar opposites, and that works, like opposites attract, or do y'all both like like minded in a way where you kind of just see eye to eye? Just kind of give us the dynamic of your guys' uh, personality and relationship. Uh, I would say we're a little bit like opposites. Like I'm probably one of the, like he'll, he tells me I'm too nice to everybody. Uh, <laughs> but, and it does kind of work like that, but it works out for us because he's uh pretty hardcore. So he needs somebody in his corner that will literally do anything for him. And that since he thinks I'm too nice, I do almost anything he asked me to do. 
And uh, that's the opposites attract, like you said. And then the only thing we really like to and through are the same on is I feel like the work ethic, like day in, day out, he comes to the track ready and I'll do everything in my power. I'll stay up all night, build a bike, whatever it might be, just because that's how I was raised. You know, the work ethic is uh, the same between us. Um, but as far as uh, personalities, I think we're a little bit opposite, but it works out in uh, both of our favors, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Like I said, if you guys haven't watched the Swap Moto Live video, go check that out because there's a lot of this stuff in there, and I'm going to touch on some of it, but hopefully we can get to some stuff that wasn't on there. Uh, Alex, you talked about on there you know, that you went to MMI. Uh, that's a road a lot of mechanics take. I was kind of wondering why MMI over the um, – Oh man, my mind just blanked on the, the other that, school. This, that Pro MX SX yes, school. Yes, Scott Adkins runs. Yeah, yeah, Scott Adkins deal that because a lot of because that really focuses on dirt bikes and supercross professional. What what you do specifically, and I know a lot of guys have come out of that uh, program. Was there a particular reason, or did you even know about the Scott Adkins uh, school? I didn't know about it, and okay. I think it was the MMI a couple of years before he had started that. And, gotcha. Um, uh, and like MMI, like didn't really help me, uh, get onto a factory team or like anything like that. You know, they prepare you for a dealership. Whereas like the pro SX MX school, um, is more geared towards like out what we do, you know, our racing teams and stuff like that. So yeah. like to go back, I was a couple of years later, okay. I probably went that route. Um, but MMI was, is, and was what was available for me at the time. So uh, that's what I had to do. And luckily I had met some people when I was in Florida, you know, that made it pay off because, you know, they weren't taking me to the races and introducing <laughs> teams or anything like that. No, that's something that you really got to do. I've talked to a lot of people about that. Um, and then Mathis, who's an ex professional mechanic, people call him all the time or email him like, how do I get into the business? And it's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta go work your ass off for nobody. I know a no name guy, you got to get your foot in the door and you got to make connections and you got to be willing to work and just grind and grind and grind. And it sounds like that's what you did. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You have to be willing to just like put everything out there. Like whatever you have going on doesn't matter. Like you just need to keep working on towards the goal of what you want to become. Like it happened pretty quick for me, but like it, it wasn't guaranteed. You know, I just knew I was going to have to work and work and work. And that's what I did. I started out, pushing a broom at a facility and then it came to somebody came there that needed a practice guy and i was working for nothing um to be his practice mechanic just to get experience and then uh like i just kept networking and then eventually found a way to the races and i just networked more and more to try and meet more and more people to get up to the level uh i wanted to be at and luckily it worked out yeah it's kind of how jericho did it too right started out working Guys like A Ray and other guys, and now man, look at his crew chief over there at Rocky Mountain. I mean, it's just yeah, yep. you got, it's it's not it's not like a overnight sensation. Uh, you know, you're just going to be a movie star type or a rock star all of a sudden. Like you gotta yeah, you gotta start out as like you said, pushing a broom. Or Mathis used to sleep in the shop and three hundred dollars yep. a week. And yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's not always glamorous. Yeah, everybody's story is a little different, but really they're the same. Like everybody right, started. Right just like doing something that you wouldn't even think anybody should do like and agree to do ever. <laughs> and surely you make your way up. Like it's not going to come right away. It's not going to be this like red carpet rolled out for you. You know, it's just, uh, 
you just got to keep working and trying to move up as you can. It might take longer for other people or it might happen really quick, but it's just, you just got to keep working all the time. Absolutely. Well, and, yeah. um, I'm sorry. As the typical fan, I don't think realizes how much of an actual strategy you guys as mechanics have to have working on those bikes. Cause there's so many different things and intricacies to those bikes and so many different things that you can get out of them. And I just, you know, comparing and contrasting, Dylan last year in the two fifties and then this year, it seemed like y'all's strategy was to last year was to get out in front, gap yourselves and then control the gap. But it seemed like this year he did a lot more of waiting for the later of the moto and it seemed like his bike suited the rougher into the moto terrain and then that's when he was striked. Is that something that you kind of guys implement or kind of think about or have you noticed that, that y'all change strategies that way? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a strategy to do it that way. Like obviously a whole shot lead every lap is the goal, but that is, uh, I'm, I'm impressed that you brought that up that later in the moto, his bike typically is better. And we knew that was our advantage. And, um, and he really used that to his, uh, advantage all season. Like he would kind of be patient, learn some lines, things like that. And then, uh, and kind of go for it in that last half of the race, the two fifty class, like he expected himself to be in front. And like, if he wasn't in front, he was like sending it right away. There wasn't a lot of strategy, you know, it was obviously the strategy was to go out there and win. So he thought he should be out there in the front right away. But with the four fifty class and, uh, the level of competition, like if you go out there and show all these guys, your lines right away, um, you kind of like give them an advantage to come back and maybe pass you back in a different section later on in the moto, whereas still, it's just learning the track, playing with the track throughout the uh, race. And then in the second half, he puts the hammer down and really tries to get to the front and then doesn't really give him a, a chance to retaliate. So it wasn't always a strategy to go out there and be like, Oh, we want to be in second place until after the halfway mark. It was just, that's how it kind of worked out. Like we didn't really have many hole shots. Um, and those were the goals to hold shot and lead every lap. But, uh, when he wasn't second, you know, top five start, he could slowly make his way up there and then just kind of hammer down the second half and, uh, learn lines and, uh, kind of pick a spot on the track to pass. Nice. Good. And good, good question, Scotty. Uh, that was really good. Okay, I got to earn my keep every once in a while. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I don't like it when he gets complimented, man. He's, you know, I don't, I don't know. You're not supposed Alex can't compliment the co-hosts. Yeah, well, I mean, I got to give credits where credit's due. Yeah, like, thank you, uh, Alex. Don't listen to him. Yeah. Hey, so, so when oh, you bring that up, because when we were, fir- like, sometimes I switch a TV schedule or 250s are second and we're first, you know? Sure. And, like, that would happen. Uh, Keith Clickstein, uh, AP's mechanic, and I, and even Rankin would be like, oh, dang, like, we're first this week. Like, the track's going to be smoother. So, like, we wanted the track to be rougher. Like, we want it to be gnarly and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah, I like hearing that. That's rad. Um, going back into your history a little bit, coming out of MMI, you, you were a privateer mechanic. You worked for Eric Grondel for a little while. You drove a, the bus, I think. Uh, yep. then you got the job at Geico. You worked for RJ for a couple of years, McAdoo for a year, then the transfer to star. And I, I don't want to touch on that so much because it's already been talked about on swap you guys. Go check that out. But what are some major differences in Geico from star? I mean, I know you talked about the shop and how, um, how badass and immaculate that shop was and had everything you needed in all this space at Geico, but like, what are some just under the tent differences between the teams? You know, maybe something you like better about one or than the other, or just something people wouldn't know about. Um, I would say at Geico, like, I mean, we everybody was like happy. Everybody's having a good time and stuff like that. Um, and same at star, uh, it's like like that, but it, on race day, it's still like a it's a different type of pressure because 
star has in the last when i was at geico it was uh it was nobody was running number one plate at the time or anything like that they were still expected to go out there and win stuff like and and do good mm-hmm. uh, but at star like having a number one plate or past champion the year before or something like that it like I don't know if it elevates the pressure. Like I couldn't really like say how it is, but it seems different. Like you're just, it's, it's not really like a pressure, like, Oh, you have to go out there and win, but it's almost like in my mind, it's expected because, Hey, they won the year before or something like that. Like very similar bike. Like last year, these guys won this or whatever. And that was just like, all right, like I'm going over to star. Like they won this championship last year. Like I got to be expected to be able to do that. Um, but I can't say that it wasn't like that at Geico. Like, uh, it was different, but it's still like, dude, when every, when you won, like everybody's pumped. But then, like right after, just like it is at Star, like fifteen minutes after the win, it's just like, all right, let's go back to work. Let's right. focus on next. Like, we gotta go back out there and perform again. So, um, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to compare the two in that aspect. Um, but, uh, star is definitely like, I, like you said, the shop at Geico was like crazy and all this stuff, but at star, like we had what we needed to get the job done. So it wasn't some crazy, uh, building or anything like that, but it was still obviously enough to get the job done because we were so. Yeah. It's interesting um, that you say that. Cause I would have said the opposite from being on the outside is like a media guy. Cause when I go to the Honda tent, I feel like everybody's super uptight. Like they don't really want you under the tr- tent. And then I come over to Star and yourself and Jericho and Jelly at the 250 truck and all those guys are like, what's up, dude? And, you know, it's all cool and, you know, high fives. And, like, it just, for me, it's the opposite vibe. Like, I know you guys are serious, but it seems way more fun at Star. Yeah, I mean, uh, it might be like, at. I mean, obviously now it's factory Honda over there, so it probably is more corporate and stuff like that. Um, But... Like me on Friday, if you come over to the truck, like I'm a different person than I am on Saturday. Like yeah. Friday, I'll, I'll hang out and talk and whatever. But Saturday, I'm like, yo, what's up? Like, I barely <laughs> even tell you that. Like, I'm busy, like stressed. I got a, I got a lot of stuff on my mind. So um, it's the same for me on Saturday. Uh, I still have the same pressure and stuff like that. But I don't know. I guess I never I never got that vibe that like it was really like different. Like yeah. you said it. You know, like stars, more happy-go-lucky. But we are having a good time and stuff like that. But um, we were at Geico, too. So It may just because I, I know Jericho and Jelly a little bit better, uh, you know, and, yeah. and uh, Matt Maniac over there. So I know those guys better. Like, I know Derek Dwyer, who actually just yep. left Geico, I think. I, I forget where he's going, but I think he left Geico. But I didn't know the, the other mechanics very well. So maybe that's the whole reason. Like, maybe, you know, there's that bond. But um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's probably more or less that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it is like if you when you know the whole crew, it kind of helps rather. If you know one person, it's a lot different. Like you're just going to talk to that person. Whereas when you know the whole crew, kind of like you said, you do. It's uh, everybody can like kind of like cut up with you and stuff like that. So that's part of it. But yeah, yeah uh, Derek did actually move on to um, Gas Gas now. That's so. right. That's where I saw. Yep. Yep. Good. Okay. So kind of speaking of the team, so a little bit. I. Y'all had some pretty fun and cool celebration videos after that, after the uh, championship, and uh, like it looked, it seemed like the bike had more beers than everybody else <laughs> through the exhaust pipe. But uh, I just kind of, I just kind of wanted you to take us through like through that moment with the team. I know that was a pretty big deal for them, you know, big 450 titles. Not, I don't, 
I think that was what that was their first. Well, yeah, that was the first, first one. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, so that yeah. you know that was a big deal, and just kind of take us to that through that moment. Yeah. Um. So all year, like we've just been going out there for two good motos, um, week in, week out, and then like the pressure. I, obviously, there's always pressure, like I said, but um, a couple weeks before that, I think it was Bud's Creek. Like, uh, I had a small issue, and then. I don't know. It kind of like kind of made everything into perspective. We're like, Hey, like this isn't over yet. So added pressure, like, Hey, we need to get this job done. Like we need to win this title. And then when we left, what was the race before Paula? I think it was Indiana. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Iron man. Indiana. So when we left Indiana, we knew he, we had a, a possibility of winning it at Paula. It was just, it wasn't even like it was the last race, you know, but we still kind of, I mean, I felt like, and Dylan probably would too. It's just like, we were, we were almost expected to win it at Paula. So when we went there and like before moto one, like it was high pressure, high stress, like all that type of stuff. And Dylan had a good first moto. And then, um, uh, before second moto, it was like pretty laid back and stuff like that. And the pressure kind of came off a little bit. And then moto two was like, all right, let's go time. Let's see if we can get this done. And then all the stuff that's been building up all year, like, since we started testing outdoors even before that like all the prep work you start putting in in october all the way till that point like like there's i mean probably five thousand hours six thousand hours of work into that and you finally achieve this goal like this thing you don't even think is possible it's not even like what you're really going for you're just trying to go out there and do good and then you have this huge goal and and it's kind of far out there and then you reach it it's like it, I can't even describe the feeling like it's giving me chills right now. Just yeah. like thinking about it. Um, and then like I go to impound, you know, we do the podium stuff and we'll go to impound and, uh, um, make sure nobody's going to protest or anything like that. And then I come back and like, I pull back around the side of the truck and I'm on my bike. Dylan's already there, like celebrating stuff like that. But there's just a slew of people over there, you know, like there's the whole truck is filled with people. And I just hold my bike to the revenue to the moon because like, <laughs> yeah. all those are like coming out just like the rev limiters coming off that bike like it's just the, the same feeling for yourself as that bike on the rev limiter it's just like all out and it's finally like achieved so that's I, I don't know describe it but it's like i i wish everybody could have that feeling um but i'm glad it's it was star yamaha for sure yeah i was happy for you guys man i really you know you talked again on the swap thing about dylan and some people have you know you said he's he can be kind of harsh and then the fans yeah. kind of get a viewpoint of how Dylan is. But I've had a chance to sit and talk to him and Nastasia a few times. And I've said on here over and over and over, like, I just, I think Dylan's a fantastic dude. He's, obviously, he comes from a different country, and you you brought that up. It's a, it's a harsher, uh, just overall personality from the French people in Europe in general. Um, but he's a good guy, man. He loves the sport. And the, the fact that he told us on here, like, you know, during the week – like Nastasia might want to go out or whatever. And he's like, no, we're, we're here to race during the race season, uh, 80 hours a week, whatever it takes. That's all I have to do during the week is focus on winning the championship. And then you do the same thing. Basically you're as, you know race mechanic, you're as practice mechanic and you, you dedicate yourself like that. It's really, really impressive. And I'm beyond happy for you guys, man. Like I, I just, I'm big, big fan of Dylan's and, uh, obviously getting to know you a little bit, man, you're a cool dude. So I, I think you deserve it, man. It's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. And that, that is the truth. Like Dylan's only over here for one year or for one reason, sorry. And, yeah. uh, 
and um, every year that's his goal is just to, to work and try and uh, win races and stuff like that. So when he's that um, driven to do it, it's like hard not to be because he obviously trusts you and relies on you to be part of the uh, program. So like Nastasia has only missed probably maybe four ridings since I've worked for Dylan the last three seasons. And like she's doing paperwork or something for, I don't know, whatever it might be, but like, she's still working towards the goal of them being yeah. here to race. Um, it's pretty rare that she's not there. Same with me. I've probably missed just a handful of days riding in the last three years. And, uh, it's, uh, it's tough because like you said, Dylan is from the other side of the world and, uh, it's a little bit harsher environment, but it's not like he's harsh. That's just how it is. Like, like it comes o- off that way, you know, yeah, that yeah. it's just straight it's to just the point. Yeah, exactly. They were brought up different. That's just how it is. Um, but dude, like that makes it even sweeter sometimes when you win because <laughs> like you had those hard days and those arguments and stuff like that where you just like want to scream at each other. Right. But right. But then when when you're giving each other a hug after a championship, it's just like it don't matter anymore. So cool, man. So yeah, guys, listen follow Alex at Campbell three eight seven on Instagram. Last question I have for you is I know you kind of talked about like right now you still seem to like to travel. It, it kind of came off as like, that's still something you like going mm-hmm. from race to race. You don't want to just be stuck at that where you live. You know, you want to be on the road, different cities, but what's your best or worst travel story? Something that stands out. Uh, worst travel story. Um, probably, I think it was Unadilla 2016 or 17. I think it was, I mean, it, it was when I still worked at Geico and we had a flight issue and uh the whole travel day ended up being like 22 hours or something like that and we flew to a different airport in and we're just going from southern california to upstate new york you know yeah and flew to we were supposed to go to syracuse i think and we went to albany we flew on a prop plane to albany in the middle of the night dude that's it was oh yeah i have never been on a prop plane before we're walking out on the tarmac to see this thing like literally my 9800 is like wheeling on the plane right next to me pretty much (laughs) um, luckily the bags made it honestly like now that i think about it like luckily that they did go but um yeah that was the worst travel experience because you're dead tired like you're just waiting for this plane to come and then you walk out there and it's a prop plane that was probably one of one of the worst for me. Like that was terrible. And then another bad one I have is we were on the way back from France when I first met Dylan and we went over there for a race. Uh, I had to bring tires with me to the race um, for Dylan to use. And then on the way back, I had to bring them back because they're they're spec tires. And um, we're coming back from France. We flew from uh, Charles de Gaulle in Paris, I think, and then we went straight to Dallas. And the tires were used. They had a little dirt on them. And I had just traveled from France. I partied all night the night before we flew out. So, like, I went straight to the airport, and I'm just, like, wrecked, dude. I think I puked for 10 hours. On this 10-hour flight, I'm sitting next to DV, and I'm getting up, like, every two hours and puking pretty much. And then uh, we get to Dallas, and they're, like, all these tires got dirt on them from a foreign country. And the TSA or the... um, uh, customs people made me take these tires into the back of the airport in like this weird room. And I'm like, like feeling sick and I have to pressure wash these tires off in the back of the airport and then repackage them. <laughs> and then, That's and awesome. then, yeah. And then rebag to go back upstairs, retag them and put them on the flight back to, uh, LAX. That was, that was a rough one for sure. That sounds worse than the other one. And then the, the unit oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, but the, 
two worse ones. Wow. Nice, man. All right, <laughs> Alex, man, I really appreciate you having some time for us now. We're going to let you go, but um, look forward to seeing you once 22 kicks off, man. I think we'll be at A1. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to come find you, and maybe maybe we'll come away with that thing. You guys will come away with a podium. That would be awesome. That's the goal is just go out there and have a good main event. And uh, from now until then, we'll work towards that. And I uh, look forward to seeing you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Alex. Take care, buddy. Have a good day. You too, bud. All right. Thanks to Alex Campbell for coming. Pretty cool dude, man. I I actually really at Hangtown was the first time I really visited with him uh, and just great personality. Didn't realize at the time that he hasn't, you know, yes, how young he was. Right? I mean, he looked young, but I didn't realize he's only been in the business for like six years. That's crazy. Yeah. Four championships. Four championships, six years. And that's awesome. He, he, he seems like he's you know a, a balance of both. He's a smart, smart kid and smart dude with a, with a lot of, uh, understanding of how things work but he also has enough of that laid-backness to where he's he's a, an approachable person yeah but he but he's serious and i i thought all those all those things combined made him for a, a really cool interview and it, and i think that's a that, that's a tough duo man those yeah. both those guys are he, he said like the opposites attract and they kind of you know they balance off each other so uh that that was cool that was a really good interview he gave a lot of really good answers yeah if you get a second and if you guys are listening haven't checked it out go check out his video it's like 35 minutes with swap uh, you know, it's video, like I said, it's a couple commercial breaks in between, but he gets into those, the details of his, of meeting Dylan, uh, how he got the Geico job, all that stuff. He gets into those details a little bit more and it's really good. So go check that out. Uh, we'll support all our other media guys, you know, I don't know why you're doing that, but yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because I, I like Anton and <laughs> I'm just, uh, it's, I'm just it's good content. So I'm just you. all right, commercial break. We will be back with Austin young buck Watterson. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, blood lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. DJ TJ and I trust blood lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two-Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks. The number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurrMotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of Shock Socks today. If you're anything like me, you remember in the late 80s and the 90s, all the cool custom-painted helmets. Jeremy McGrath, Damon Bradshaw, Jeff Emig, all the top riders showed their style and personality with a custom-painted helmet. I was always envious. I mean, I knew I'd at least look faster with a custom lid. Now you, too, can be like your favorite riders. 
be one of the cool kids, Kirk Hunter from Extreme Colors has been painting helmets since 1998 and has you covered. For only $395, you can have a one-of-a-kind professional paint job on your lid. Contact Kirk Hunter at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com and follow them on Instagram at, at Extreme Colors. That's X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S. Extreme Colors. Be the envy of all your friends and contact Extreme Colors today. Let them know that the Moto X Pod Show sent you, as always. All right, we are back. Thanks to Alex Campbell from Star Racing for coming on. Got another mechanic coming on, Scotty. He's brought to you tonight by Cherby's USA. You guys know Cherby's is our title sponsor. They're back for 2022. I want to thank Talon Volan and Brian Fullerton for coming on. But Cherby's has everything you need, plastic, uh, what uh, Scotty hand guards, chain guides, skid plates. I got to place an order pretty soon, man. So if, if, if I get a new bike, I'm going to need some stuff from a Cherby's USA tonight though. A Cherby US Cherby's USA brings us a guy we've never had on Scotty. He's factory KTM mechanic for Max Bolin, Austin, young buck Watterson. What's up young buck. How's it going? Yep. That's me. Uh, that's the <laughs> nickname. I was, uh, I was uh, gifted to me when I first started there by Frankie. Um, okay. And also the the Cherby thing, also the frame guards, you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, Fully and I talked about those today. We were talking about frame guards. I'm not a huge fan of the frame guards, man. What do you, you like them? For for us, I mean, for the, the steel frames, the KTM, you know, yep. like they're, they're painted frames. It definitely helps durability-wise. And for us, too, even, it's just like we started shaving them down a little bit. Uh-huh. And they're actually a lot of the riders are pretty pumped on them. It's between that and grip tape, but usually all of our guys are on frame guards right now. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I had a set for my 2015 CRF 450, and I just didn't like the way they looked on the aluminum frame. And I just, I wasn't a fan. I mean, personally, yeah, personally, I would say too, like on the Japanese brands, they don't, they don't look that great to me. I mean, yeah. for everyday riders, I think they definitely help with, like the frame though like they definitely do their purpose with um you know making sure the frame keeps a lot of the nicks out of it so it definitely helps but i think on the austrian brands they just mesh a lot more yeah yeah i agree um so this is your first year as a factory mechanic is that right yes sir um yeah it just i started at lakewood this summer okay um i had years previous but as factory race mechanic this is my this is my rookie season me and max pretty much had a rookie season together. Yeah. So it was a lot of learning, a lot of learning each other. And I would say it went pretty well other than the, the Iron Man Moto 2 mishap, what, <laughs> um, which was just super bad luck. I, I don't know. Like I read all over the internet, a bunch of stuff, but yeah, what yeah. ended up happening is the, the Odeker clamp on the fuel line, the Odeker clamp itself broke on the head. So oh, wow. what happened is pretty much we lost all of our pressure for fuel and the bike just acted like it ran out of fuel. And, we try to start at fuel, just start spraying out the fuel line. So it yeah. was just a really, really, really like bad luck, you know, especially since Max was going to finish like fourth overall in the day too. So it just seems to be when you're having your best motos is when the poor luck happens. <laughs> yeah. And eventually that, that a turnaround, man, we, we're going to call it rookie season stuff. I, I was, re- I wasn't sure when you came on board. Cause I, I knew his previous mechanic TJ since the amateur days with Max, you know, for a few years now. Uh, and I knew that he kind of he left the team, and but I didn't know anything about you, man, until I met you at Hangtown. So 
what were you doing previous? Like, how long have you been in the business? How'd you get your start wrenching? I think this is going into my third or fourth year now. It's kind of tough. The years kind of mesh together. But sure, what happened sure. is um, I went to Scott Atkins uh, Pro SX MX Tech School. And I, I graduated high school in 2016, actually. So, like, that fall of 2016, I went to a school. And in 2017, around May time, this is sorry, it's kind of an extended story, but no, I, I want to like, hear it. Yeah, 2017, I was kind of dumb with my, my, my decision making. Like, Scotty definitely could have placed me somewhere really well with a good, good rider. He's got a really good placement rate at a school. And there was this local kid. I'm from Montana, and there was this local kid, like, from North Dakota that wanted to race the outdoor series. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Like, that's a, that'd be a hell of a time, you know, like, good learning, all this, that. And I ended up going there and it was just like, it wasn't anything like I expected. The kid like honestly stopped racing like two, two months in. <laughs> wow. That sucks. He, he, he had some health issues too though. So it was like not, not all of his fault, you know? And, um, so then I came down to SoCal, I want to say in June or July and I worked for a kid named Tanner Basso for a couple months. Okay. But then like I got, I don't know, for some reason. And like, I know other people go through gnarly or stuff. Like I was extremely homesick and I was only like, literally let's say 20 hours from home like it's really not that bad if you think about it like some people travel around the world sure and i was just extremely homesick so i went home actually for a couple months and i was like i'm an idiot i just went to school for this like i had like a huge drive for this i don't know what like changed my mind so then like in in like october ish i would say october of 2017 yeah october 2017 I actually helped out Carson Mumford when he was on the Geico amateur team Amsoil okay. for a couple months. And just there, we didn't really mesh too well. Like, I don't, I just wasn't a huge fan of like, I don't know. Like I like Carson these days. We get along pretty well. I talked to him quite a bit, but just then I wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted. You know, it wasn't what I, I don't know. It just wasn't what I wanted to get my feet wet with. Cause I was still pretty, pretty damn new at the time I would say. So then at the end of 2017, going into the 2018 year, I started working for this kid named Jack Fowler, who was from the Oregon area. And at the time, when we first started, he was uh, just an amateur, like on his own little deal Honda. And about February, March time, he went on to that Bar Suzuki program, actually. So we rode that whole year of 20, what, 2018 on the Bar Suzuki program. And at the very end of 2018, um, going to 2019, I actually started working for Joe Shimoda as his practice mechanic. So then I was with Joe pretty much all of 2019 and almost all of 2020 going into October. And that was when Geico folded. Yep. And I was a little, honestly, I was kind of like burned out of being a practice mechanic. I was like, cause for the practice mechanic, you still have a lot of responsibility, but like it's mainly just wash oil filter, change tires, you know? And luckily for me, when I was with Joe, though, his race mechanic, Cam at the time, who works for Hunter Lawrence now, he actually let me do a lot of practice bike stuff. Like when a practice bike needed framed or whatever, like Cam let me do all that. He was super cool and helped me learn a lot. Just let me do a lot of my own thing. Like, let me like, you know, build the confidence up. And then towards the end of 2019, I was kind of just, like I said, I was a little burnt out being the practice guy. So I was actually going to go back to Bar X and help this kid named Preston Kilroy out. Yep. Yeah. At the end of like the at the end of tw- yeah, you know Kilroy, he raced some of the outdoors. Yeah. And at the end of the twenty twenty like October twenty twenty, I was gonna go back over there, but he like just hurt his shoulder again or his knee. I can't remember hundred percent. 
And so that whole year is kind of just like, I helped Kilroy out for like a month or two, but then he got hurt. So then it was just like, I was helping Larry with whatever he needed. So I helped Derek Drake out for on Supercross, And then he had a freak accident. Also, he ended up breaking his femur. So then I was kind of in a little phase, like, what am I going to do? And they picked up um, Sean Cantrell for just Supercross. So I actually helped Sean out quite a bit. Man, and we been, had a good yeah, time. Like, you've been bouncing from guy to guy, rider to rider. Like, yeah, like I would say like the very beginning, the very beginning until when I, um, like the very beginning, like my first year I was bouncing around a lot. Like I needed to settle down. I just, I couldn't find like a happy place, you know, it was kind of weird. And I just wanted to be comfortable somewhere and confident. And like the whole year of Fowler, the whole year of Shimoda, that was awesome. I had such a great time. But then my little bar extent again, it was kind of just like, I was just so unsure what was always going to happen. And like, I was just, I wanted something really stable, you know, and the whole Cantrell thing was awesome too. But by the time that Supercross season got over, I kind of just knew, you know, like I want something to better. And actually, so this is kind of rolling into the whole KTM thing on December, 2020, I would say, uh, Ryo Cooper Webb and he works for Webb Marvin and now Plessinger. He's going to be doing all their suspension stuff or he has been doing all the suspension stuff, but I knew him previously from Shimoda's just, they knew each other, you know, Japanese connection. And, um, he told me, he's like, Hey, we might have like a race team helper position available. It's not going to be until after Supercross, but just like, if you're interested, like, you know, we're, we're, we have a spot open. He like vouched for me pretty well to Ian Harrison. So I actually met with him in December of 2020 and just like, I met with him, Frankie Carlos. I didn't know any of these guys at the time. And I just had like a little meeting with them. You know, and they're all excited and I was excited, but they just told me like, Hey, we can't promise you anything. Like pretty much until we get the go from the higher ups, like we can't promise you anything. I'm like, okay, okay. Like I try to just keep my head down. Like it was always on the back of my head. Don't get me wrong. When you, when you get to go yeah. when, at the time I was 22 years old, I mean, 23 now, but like at the time I'm 22 and it's like Red Bull KTM just pretty much had an interview with you. And I'm like <laughs> back of my head, like me being a kid, like when I was like 16 years old, going to supercross with my parents, I'm like, I want to work for this team. Like, this is the team I want to see myself with. So then when that time came, I was talking to them. I was kind of like, not gonna lie, I was like shitting my pants a little bit. I was like, Holy, <laughs> like, Holy hell, like this is yeah. happening. And so like, I wouldn't, I didn't hear from them until like for four months. I think I was like, I was still at bar X. I was helping Cantrell out. I think it was right before Atlanta supercross, like the three, the three rounds, you know, sure. This, just of this year. And, um, Ian called me and I, I didn't, I didn't get his call cause I was working or something. So he left me a voice. And I was like, Hey Austin, we're, uh, we're really interested. Like we want to, we want to work with you and, uh, going forward, just, uh, call me back and let me know. And I called him back and so I was like, yes, I'll take the job. Like no, no doubts. Like no ifs, ands or buts. I'll take the job, you know, like let's do this. So then like that was in March and I pretty much had, I set my starting date till May 10th. So, I finished Supercross. I told him I want to be respectful of Larry Brooks. Like, I want to finish off Supercross, make sure they're all good before I leave, you know? And they respected that. They're like, yeah, that's a good idea and whatnot. So, just to sum it all up, I, I started May 10th as the race team helper, pretty much like the test guy, the extra hand, like anyone needs help around the shop, you know? That's how I started out. And then after Paula won, you know, like there were some issues. And uh, Ian just asked me, he's like, hey, are you – um?" are you comfortable doing this? And I said, yeah, I am. He's like, he's like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yes, of course. Like, and don't get me wrong at the time I was super nervous. Like there's a lot of pressure, you know, just like after, after, and like, 
this team, it's like obviously Red Bull, they want to win and KTM, like in Austria, they want to win. So like they never put like Ian or Roger, none of those guys never put pressure on me or like anything. But like for me on myself, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like I wanted to perform for them. I wanted to make sure everything was good. And I mean, for me, I had a really good summer. I thought, I mean, besides the Ironman two thing, like I was talking about earlier, like that, that, that rode on me for a while. Like, after that incident, I just could not wait to go racing at Paula too. Cause I was like, I want to redeem myself. I just want us to have a good weekend. Like, you know, no problems. And I put a lot of pressure on myself every weekend, but definitely now, now from the beginning of summer, I'm much more confident with like when it comes to the bike stuff. Yeah. That's a cool story, man. Like a, a lot of ups and downs and going from rider to rider. But like I told you, we just talked to Alex Campbell, right? He's been in the business about six years, four championships, Aww. Just, but it's all about grinding, man. You have to be, you have to let people know that you work your ass off, that you're dedicated. Uh, you got to get to know people. You got to have people want to, you know, speak highly of you to, to say, hey, this guy can do the work. And it seems like you did all the right things. I like the fact that you went to the Scott Atkins school. Uh, we actually talked to Alex about that because he went MMI. And I was kind of curious why he went MMI, not Scott's school, but I guess it was before Scott's school was around. But um, I like I like your road, man. I think uh, I think that's a really cool story. Yeah, I appreciate it. And like Scott's school did help a lot, but like honestly, I didn't race a whole lot growing up. I rode more for fun. My dad raced a lot more in Idaho against like Jake Weimer's dad. He's from oh, cool. Rupert, Idaho area, yeah, yeah. so he raced against like Weimer's dad quite a bit, and uh, so we did a lot of that kind of stuff. Nice. And um, yeah, so. Hold on, I'm going to move spots real quick. It's someone's weed eating in our backyard. <laughs> okay. No worries. But, but, yeah, so I he actually grew up racing against Weimer's dad. Sorry, that's probably a little better now. Yeah, that's quiet. And yeah, no worries. He had – um. worry about this. Oh, yeah, so, like, I didn't have a huge racing background, honestly. And Scott's school provided a lot of knowledge, like the motor stuff, the suspension stuff, the diagnostics. But for me – Still, like, when I went to my first practice track day, you know, it's like, man, what kind of routine do I need to have? Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I started asking around. I was like, what kind of – I asked a lot of mechanics, like, what kind of routine should I have? Like, just in that sense. But other than that, Scott gave a really, really good baseline, so I can't knock on that at all. Very cool. And so, so you know, you said you kind of came into midseason with Max – and I was just kind of curious of how he was with testing and knowing like what his bike setup needs to be, and especially being in the middle. You know, y'all probably didn't have much time because just you know it's ready to go. Um, did Did you ever have to rely on his dad to like kind of like Max wants this with his bike, or or how how does he do with that kind of stuff? Um, I would say him and his dad definitely bounce ideas off of each other a lot, and his dad has a lot of good ideas for us to try out. But honestly working with max i've learned that um he once he gets a really really good baseline where he's comfortable with he doesn't want to stray too far from it like once we get our suspension set up correctly the gearing our clamps like he wants to stay with that you know he doesn't like to veer off too far like if we have like minimal stuff like maybe a stiffer setting or a softer setting he's all down to try it but like if it's a huge change he's not really too big on like trying to make huge changes I mean, when we have a new bike coming in a couple of months, like we have a new bike this year. So when that bike gets around, I'm sure we'll make big changes at first just to get him really comfortable. But once he gets a strong baseline, he doesn't like to stray too far off of that. 
I think that's smart, man. I mean, yeah, that's something Daniel Blair talks about all the time is like get the bike to 80, 85-90% and then let the rider do the rest. Like get comfortable, get it where you can ride it and go do your job. And I, I think that's smart. I think Talon and Max are really smart about how they're um how they're doing things, you know, what they how they're proceeding through his early part of his career. Yeah, I agree. And Max like he's like he's admitting, like he says it too. He's like, just I'll adapt to the bike. Like at some of the rounds, like he have like a kind of a bad first practice, and he's like, the bike's not bad. He's like, it's just more like me. Like he'll he'll take blame on himself more, which is is pretty cool and like mature, I think. And but like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the bike does need help, and like you can visually see it. But like he's never one to come off the track and get all mad and yeah. start yelling about the bike. So like I respect him a lot for that. And he's a pretty like he's a pretty mature spoken kid. How he talks and. It's it's fun to work with him. He's super fun to watch ride a bike. Like no kidding. He's so yeah. he's so so talented. Rides yep. the bikes. He rides the bike. I would say like in the meat of the power. Like not over revved, under revved. Like just super smart rider. I like hearing that. I'm a big fan. You know, I just I've known him for a few years, and talent, like I said, supports the show. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping for big things out of him. And it's cool that you're on board with him, man. Hopefully, you'll be able to be by his side for the next, you know, what, three years or you got two more years now. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully they'll keep yeah. you on. That'd be cool to see you guys progress together. Um, yeah. You mentioned Frankie and Carlos. Those guys are legends in the industry as far as mechanics have been around forever. What's it like working with those guys? Like, is there any hazing? What are they teaching you? I mean, it's, <laughs> it sounds like they were, you said they were pretty excited. So it sounds like they're very supportive guys and they're probably teaching you a lot, but uh, you know, give us, give us what it's like to work with those guys. They're, yeah, again, they are, they are awesome, awesome crew, awesome people to work with. They, uh, like you said, they are super supportive. Don't get me wrong. They are gnarly. Like as in mechanics, sure. They, they expect a lot, which honestly, in the beginning was like, not hard for me to understand. Like I understood what they meant, but like, they would just like, whenever I got done with the road build, cause this was my first time ever doing road builds and like Frankie, we, it was funny. We'd have like a little weekly inspection and Frankie would come out and like really dissect the bike and it'd be like the smallest things, but he would still just tell me like, Hey, look out for this, look out for this. And it's, it's helped a lot. And like, there was like one week where Frankie was finally like, damn, like this was a good build. Like I was, I was pumped to finally hear that, but like still like, that's cool. I like it. it I, for me, I, now it's like taught me a really like, really how to like look after a bike and really as in like looks wise, like obviously make sure everything's like put together correctly, but like just the, extra mile to make everything look clean like if you have a tiny scuff on your head or like take two seconds and use a scotch bright and if the scotch bright's not working like use a tiny razor blade you know like stuff like that with frankie and carlos or like like on one of our stickers like for like let's say like the atrubis front rotor guard like if the a's barely peeling like they're like oh just replace that you know like stuff like that like they look at the really 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 minor things mm-hmm. so it makes for me it makes me like try to be a lot more precise and it helps me a lot and for like that part, it has helped me like not like be really meticulous with stuff. But um overall they're awesome people to work with. Like you said, <laughs> the hazing part, they they love giving me shit, but it's all right. Like Like what? What do I do? I, Give us an example. Let's see. Oh, like I'll I'll forget something, like just I'm not gonna lie, I get sometimes I put like way too much like thoughts into my head and like forget something simple, like forget to like I don't know, like just forget to do something. And Carlos is like, man, you're way too young already to be like forgetting crap already. Like you're way too young and <laughs> just, ball just stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it's, it's a lot of fun. Like sure. they're never like serious about it, but like 
they're definitely super supportive of everything too. Like they want to make sure I succeed. And they told me like, they want to see me work with Max forever. And like, that was another thing, like, this is kind of off topic, but like with the whole Max thing, like I kind of just got thrown into it. And I was talking to Ian, like halfway through the summer, I'm like, Hey, what's the deal? Like, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know if they were going to try to hire someone new and like me just go back to my role. But Ian's like, no, we want to keep you with Max. And like, same with Carlos, like Carlos is like the crew chief of all of us. And they both say like, we want to keep you with Max. You guys are both young. We want you to build together. So like hearing that gave me like a, a new like level of confidence. Like they were confident with me and they believed in me. And like, so it was cool to hear that. Yeah, man, that's exciting. Yeah. It's, yeah, for sure. It's cool because I kind of in my notes, I had that. And from the outside perspective, it seems like KTM is kind of the most serious team and they obviously brand themselves as, you know, it's the most expensive bike on the market. So it, it brands themselves as that. And it's cool to hear you say that the little things that you'll do, like I still feel like Honda, the Honda tent, man, it like scares me. They're, they seem so serious. Like I hate going over the Honda tent. So I disagree <laughs> with the seriousness. KTM, th- those guys, like I see Carlos and Frankie joking and Cooper a joke. So like, oh, yeah. yeah, I feel, yeah. I, I feel like you're, from that, because you haven't really been at the races. Yeah, I know, much, but Scotty. that's why I said so from I, outside, I see where you're coming outside from. Outside perspective, but at the races, man, Honda's no, like yeah. Honda's gnarly. But, I I would uh, I would agree with Scotty there. Like, we definitely have like a serious you know like outlook. Like when yeah, it's race day, right? Outside looking in, it definitely looks serious. And I'm sure a lot of people think that. And don't get me wrong, it is pretty serious, and intense a lot there. But like, like on the on the days off, like not the days off, like the weekdays that we're back at the shop or like the build days, we have a lot of fun. Like. Frankie and Carlos loved it. Other, another time too, I think they like, like a, one of my pieces of my throttle housing, I just had laying on the bench, you know, outside. Cause they would work inside the semi and I'd be outside with an easy up. And like one time I always would play music outside cause those guys never listen to music. And for me, I'm like, I always tell them like, I need to listen to music. And uh, so I had music in and I think Frankie one time took one of my, th- like he took something. It might've been like my chain slider or something like I needed for the bike. And I was like, I swear to God, I grabbed this piece. Like, I was like looking around, I was like, I swear to God, I grabbed this. And I went inside and I asked him, like, oh, it's right there. And that's like another thing Carlos like gave me crap. He's like, oh, you're way too young to be forgetting all this, that, you know. And then like 10, ten minutes later, Frankie, you know, he's like, you like that trick? And I'm like, I knew you stole something. Like, <laughs> this stuff like that. Like, yeah. Frankie's, def- like Frankie's definitely a jokester. Nice. The man, he works his ass. Like, Frankie's like one of the hardest working people I've ever seen works his ass off and he's awesome to work with. He like, teaches me a lot. He's, he's pretty much like, like not trying to like make the sound bad, but he's pretty much like the age like he could be my dad. And same with Carlos. Like they both like Frankie and Carlos both teach me like a lot of good life lessons, even outside of motocross. Like Carlos will like teach me or just talk to me a lot about taxes or just like saving money in other <laughs> ways. Like, cool. like, yeah. like they, they, they definitely try to, give me as like many aspects of life as I can, not just motocross. Nice like, man. That's cool to hear. And, I, and like, for me, like I, uh, like I carpool with Carlos a lot. Cause my, my fiance lives up in Riverside and Carlos is close to like where she lives. So I actually like would carpool with him a lot to the airport. And like the, just the drives back from the airport, like on a Monday when we get back, like Carlos just will like hit me with some life stuff. That's like, damn, like that's cool to hear, you know? <laughs> That's really cool. I, I like hearing that. Yeah, that's something you don't usually you don't really hear about. That's nice, man. Yeah, Scotty, did you did he did you I, finish your question? Well, I kind of, he kind of answered a little I bit. You. No, it's okay. I just you know, obviously, Ian and Roger are, are guys in the industry that you know they're kind of known as like, also legends, like just legends. Yeah. And so I just kind of wanted to know, you know, being you know being a young person and you're learning your way and you're and you know you've given this opportunity. I just kind of like wanted to see something that that you learn from them 
that like you kind of that kind of just like you saw them do something and it just kind of like changed your perspective on like how you would approach that one thing or just kind of something that just kind of flip flopped you or just kind of opened your mind when with working with them. Uh, like again, it goes hand in hand. Like and like Carlos and um, Frankie always like pound this in my head too. Like, but Roger and Ian are super meticulous with bikes. Like super. Like just they want perfection, cleanliness, like all that and. It's, it's tough for me to answer that question, like to be more detailed about it. But I would just say, like for me working for them, it would just be to like definitely just not be afraid to put the work in, and obviously like, just the cleanliness with everything, like making sure your work area is clean at the end of the day. Obviously during the day, or like a a race day for moto, it's it gets pretty hectic. But like the biggest lesson so far I've learned from them is just like I don't know. It's taught me to be clean, like just be clean and be meticulous, like everything in life, you know, just like your tools, your, uh, everything. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, that's a tough one for me to answer right now. No, like, you you kind of did like, yeah, you know, that you do those little things and it gives, pays off dividends in other ways in the long yeah. run. And so I, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, it's definitely cool working with those two. Like those, I don't, I don't work a lot hand in hand with Roger right now. He do, does a lot more like 450 stuff and that's okay. But like, I just get to hear like the thoughts and just seeing him like machining stuff in the back's pretty cool. Like right. one day, <laughs> one day he watched me, um, we had this, we have a tire changing stand, like the centerpiece where it threads in, to, like hold the hub in, you know, Yep. it was like kind of really tall and loose and Roger did like a measurement real fast and like brought me a new little threaded piece for like, just like changing tires or something like made life way easier. Just stuff like that's kind of cool. Yeah. We like, hear stories about that all the time on um, pulp and whatnot, but yeah, that's cool to hear it directly from you. Very cool. Yeah. Like working with Rod, like I don't know. I don't talk with Roger a whole lot. Hand in hand. Like Rod kind of just does his thing. Like sure. just does a lot of our stuff. But I, I talked to Ian quite a bit. Like Ian helps out a lot. Like Ian's also, Ian's been a really big supporter of me. Like, it was a pretty crazy role I got thrown into. And that's also, like I said, like Frankie and Carlos were always like big supporters about, cause they like Frankie's like, I felt bad for you. Like you got thrown into a pretty crazy role, but they're like always supportive of me. You know, and you're like, and they're not afraid to call you out on something too. Like if you mess something up, they're not afraid to call you out. Like after, um, <laughs> after that Iron Man moto two, because Marvin didn't race that day. So Frankie was walking up and, so like where our head stay is on the left side, like the engine hanger. Yep. He thought maybe like the fuel line was rubbing on that. Like it was my, it would be my fault. Then, you know, like if the fuel line was rubbing on that and Frankie <laughs> straight up, like pardon my friends, we're just like walking back. He's like, yeah, you fucked up. Like it's, it's messed. Like, you, sorry, but you messed up. And then we got back and we noticed like that wasn't the case at all. And Frankie instantly took everything back. He said, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll own up to it. That that's nothing on you. You know? So like, I like the fact that, him and Carlos both like they'll just straight up tell me how it is, you know, like, and it's sometimes it's brutally honest, but like, it's always for like my best interest. Yeah, so like they, they, they never mean it. They never mean it poorly. And I, I know that. Yeah, that's cool, man. It sounds like it's a really, really great work environment, man. Um, Hey, we're running, is, a little, we're running a little low on time. We're actually running out of time because of, uh, I ran long on the first interview. Uh, dude, I'd love to get you back on once Supercross starts, man, if you're cool with that. Oh, for sure. I'd love to come back because, like I said, there's so much more I could talk yeah. about. I feel bad taking your time up. but No, not at all, man. I had a lot more questions, but I just I ran a little long with Alex, and uh, we've got uh, Austin Black coming on next, so he's kind of waiting. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to get you back on because I have more questions about bike builds and breakdowns and just all kinds of stuff. Um, guys, check out Austin at, at AustinDW198 on Instagram. 
Uh, awesome, dude. I'm, I'm really stoked I got a chance to meet you. I'm glad Talon and uh, Max introduced me to you, and we'll definitely get you back on come Supercross. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you do have one one time for one more question, yeah. I got time, but I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah anything, anything you want to ask me, if whatever is the question that intrigues you the most, just ask away. I have plenty of time. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna. I actually was curious if you listened to any of the po- the podcast or anything because I, I got the vibe you did, but I don't remember what it was that made me think of that. The the Moto X pod, just any of the shows, our show, Pulp, anything. Oh, I honestly, I honestly I haven't listened to a whole lot of yours because I I knew you had a pod, but I yeah, always would type it in on the podcast. I didn't know if I was. I don't think I found the right one, but today I found it after um, I followed you on Instagram and all that. Nice and um. So I'm definitely gonna look back at yours because I saw like last week you had um you had, like Varese on and yeah. Travis Tools and someone else. That one looked like a good show. So like I'm definitely gonna start listening to them. But yeah, every week I listen to the Pulp Show. That Pulp Show is fun. I, I I listened to you and Kiefer last week. It was a good show. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that a little I, while ago. Me, me and Scotty. Same with those yeah. guys. Yeah, those, uh, they they like busting your balls, huh? <laughs> they do. They do. We were just, literally just talking about that the pre-show or the the intro of this show about you know like Scotty yeah. said it kind of he kind of felt like uh. They're almost bullying me with the hair stuff, but I'm like, no, man, it's it really is. I have I do feel like I've become friends with Steve and Kiefer, and we just bust balls. That's what we do. That's what they. Are do. you actually gonna? Yeah, are you actually just, gonna cut it? That's what I was gonna ask. Do you think he should, man? Well, he's 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 an, he's I, acting I like can't he's waffling. That me and Kiefer talked last night. We've got it. Wasn't it? Wasn't well, it for a bike? Uh, yeah, yeah. He he offered. Oh yeah, I he did. offered. Oh, me it was, he was not even considering it until that the bike got thrown in there. You're right. Um, I can't really look. We we discussed it last night. We we're hashing some things out. We got a little group text going on. Steve's gonna <laughs> pony group. Text. Steve's gonna announce it here in a few weeks. What we've decided. Um, I, I can tell you that Kiefer told me to f off last night. So um, yeah, I can't really talk. Wait, about is the, it, is the is the group text is the group chat called the pony chat? No, there's no title to it. It's just. <laughs> It's just, I just get, I'll get a random text every once in a while. Dark side, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> hey, dark side, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Back to your question. I definitely, I definitely listen to a lot of the podcasts. Um, nice. Like when Pulp doesn't have a show, I'll listen to like Whiskey Throttle Show. Yeah. I like that. And, but like, yeah, Whiskey Throttle Show, I listen to the one of the Gypsy Tales podcasts. It's a little like after, after him and Pulp talked and the Pulp show and kind of hashed it out a little bit, like whatever their, some of their stuff was. He he's does that the gypsy guy, I can't remember his name, but he does have some like interesting co hosts and uh Agreed. he definitely has some good co- he has some definitely some good like ideology like some of his ideas that he brings up and talks about like I definitely agree. Like he's got some cool theories. But yeah, like I would say um I definitely listen to all the motopods. I don't people ask me if I listen to podcasts and they get a lot of my like you know, like friends or fiance, but I was like, I just listen to moto stuff. So like, <laughs> that's all I listen to, but I I'll definitely you. start listening to this show after like I read the guests lineups and, but yeah, the pulp shows, uh, that one's fun to listen to. I always love listening to that one. And just, I just love it. It's, I just, for me, it's just the little backdrops that like Mark's does for some reason, those yep. things just crack me up. They, they are definitely the, uh, the bar that we all are trying to achieve in my opinion, but yeah, go back, check some of our shows out. Um, let me know what you think. And, what we can improve on because we're always trying to get a little better and we're on YouTube as well. A lot of our shows are alive on YouTube when we can not have technical difficulties, but uh, we're working on it. Yeah. All right. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you guys want to have me back on, like even if it's, I don't know, next week, I don't care. (laughs) I I love talking. I'm kind of a shy person to a lot of people when I first meet them, but like once it's, when I'm talking about something I truly like, love and like have a passion for, I, I can talk days about it. So, dude, that's rad. I love it, man. I, I we will definitely get you back on real soon. 
Uh, we're going to wrap it up tonight, though. But, man, thanks for coming on, yes, uh, Austin. And great getting a chance to meet you at Hangtown, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Darkside. Thanks, Scotty. Uh, thanks for having me on. I yep. appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy, man. All right, have yep. a good night, guys. You too. All right, that was Austin Young Buck Watterson at Austin DW198. Dude, he's a good interview. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. it's funny. You, you said before the show, you're like, well, I don't know if we're going to get a lot out of these guys. And t- both of them have well, just been like, yeah, well, just great answers. They're just guys that I, I had never really interviewed before, I, other than the Alex interview on Swap that I saw. I'd, I'd never seen him do it. So I, you were, you know, you never know what, you know, yeah. what they're going to have. And like, I didn't have a ton of questions for Austin uh, because I just kind of wanted to get to know the guy. And dude, he, yeah, he's a great interview. Yeah. I, I definitely want to get more into, um, what he likes doing on a bike, you know, teardowns, what what he's good at, whether it's engine work, suspension work, because, you know, yeah. most factory teams have guys to do all that stuff. I want to get into more of that stuff. I definitely want to get him back on, but we got to take a, our last commercial break, and we'll be back with Austin Black. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait what, what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, built performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, higher rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions, to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at... 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams underscore Moto W-E-R-X. Or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay. That's better. Not good, but better. Fly Racing is back on board with the Moto X Pod show for 2021. What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion Zach Osborne, as well as Blake Baggett, gold medalist Connor Fields, and even the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, trust Fly Racing. There simply is no better. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Instagram. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbiusA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Motorhead Pajo sent you. All right, we are getting towards the end of the show, but we got another guest that I am excited to talk about. He's a first-timer on the Moto X Pod show, and he is brought to you tonight by Torque One Racing. You guys want some handlebars, uh, shifters, brake pedals? They have it, torqueoneracing.com. Check them out. 
They're back on board for 2022. They've been around with us for a long time. Tonight, Torque One Racing brings us privateer Austin Black. What's up, dude? How's it going, man? It's going good, man. I am. Uh, I, I was. I had it in my notes, headed to Hangtown to find you and talk to you. And then sometime during the day at Hangtown, you walked up. I think it was like Moto One. And you were watching the the 450s, maybe. I can't even remember, but you walked yeah, up. Yeah, it was like, time practice. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shit, there he is right there. So I didn't even have yeah. to come find you, man. But um, yeah, it's funny. You know, I don't know how much you see on social media, but Mathis was talking about you for fantasy, and uh, he made some little tweet that was like, like that. The black kid, he's he's doing good, you know, and people gave him a bunch of shit, like, yeah. uh, you know, and I was like, yeah, yeah so oh, I think yeah. I, I think I picked you for fantasy that day too, and I was like, dude, I gotta find this guy when I get to Hangtown. But um, hey, man, it's great to meet you, and great to uh, you got you got a couple nationals in. How did you feel about him? Yeah, dude, it was it was super good. I went in with no expectations really, but to make the race and get through both motos. Um, my first weekend, my first moto, I actually got up to a really good start ended up uh going down i think I, I was in top 10 i went down after the finish but i came back a little bit went down a few times um <laughs> but i just my goal was to never give up and just give it my all um in the second moto it was definitely a learning experience going to do that because it was such a short amount of time between the first and second moto um i didn't realize that so uh, I was sitting there and my buddy uh, was like, Hey, when's your moto? I was like, Oh, I think I got like a couple hours. And uh, <laughs> no, my panic was like, no, dude, you got to get ready. Like right now. I'm like, yeah. Dude, yeah. Okay. So I went, my van got ready and I was back on the line before I knew it. Dude. And, yeah. That's, uh, that's something that we hear from the, uh, the young guys, the rookies a lot, like coming out of Loretta's and everything. It's like, okay, you go to all these big amateur nationals and you maybe you race a moto or two during the, on a day. And then you've got like maybe a day off and you know, it's spread out throughout a week or, or freestone, yeah. maybe not so much, but then yeah, at, at the nat pro nationals, it's like, basically you got about 30 minutes. It seems like to cool down, maybe get a little bite to eat or whatever. And it's right back to the line. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was, that was big learning experience and <laughs> going into Hangtown was better. Obviously the first moto, was killer i had a really good uh moto going about 17 minutes in i had a little bit of issues um but i think i was running 11th until then and i was super happy with that um second moto um it was good i i think i was in about 14th for a little bit and then i i didn't have anything in in me after that just gotta figure out my recovery sure yeah but i mean Besides that, dude, I had so much fun. I had more fun doing those races than I ever did racing amateur nationals, I think. Really? That's cool to hear, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Way, less, way less pressure on me. Interesting. Think, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was way better. That's cool to hear. I, I, that's, I don't think I've ever heard that so much. It's usually the opposite. Yeah, usually the opposite. But I guess, you know, uh, you know unfortunately, you, you're not signed to a factory team, which is where most yeah. of the pressure comes from. So. I want to ask you a little bit about that, man. <clears throat> I was looking at some of your results, right? And you did Monster Cup in 2015 on a Super Mini. And then yep. we didn't really see you back at any of the Monster Cups. Uh, 2019, I think, you was or 20 was the last time you did Loretta's. What happened in 21? Why no Loretta's or why not pros earlier? Like, what, what happened in the beginning part of 21? So, 21, I've been... I raced Loretta's this year. Oh, you did? So, yes, I did. Okay. I did not yeah, see I got, it in the results. Yeah, so I 
I had uh, I got a fourth in two fifty and eleventh um, in four fifty. Nice. Okay, it was yeah, not. Had, it was I not mean, on the I racer X results. What's that? I said it was not on the racer X results, so I didn't realize that. Okay, killer. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was there. So I did Freestone this year too. I I went out with two thirds overall. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I had a decent year. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't well, really what I what I wanted, but I mean, I'll take it. Those are great results. Did you have teams? I know you're you're riding under the A AEO Power Sports uh, tr- out of the truck, but did you have any like uh, the more factory rides talking to you? Did anything like that ever come about? Uh, no, not really. That's um, crazy. It's pretty much been only Jeremy. He's been the guy that's believed in me. So, um, yeah, I mean, he has a great program, and I'm yep. super excited to be you know go on to next year with it, and that's going to be super good. So you're locked in for 22 with him. Yes, sir. I am. Nice. Yes. That was kind of one of my kind of one of my questions. After you know, coming from the amateurs, they they it's hard to tell who's going to really do what in the pros. So that's you know maybe there's a lot of stuff kind of pending. And I that was kind of my question. Did did you have any more opportunities or maybe any other side sponsors other than your just you know your ride? Did any of that change after you put in a couple of results? Did you get did you the phone ring a little more anything like that? Did I get other opportunities? Is what yeah, basically, yeah. After after you finally got real outdoor results. Um, yeah, I got um, one opportunity, but um, the AEO Power Sports opportunity was something that I didn't want to turn down because it's like, I mean, it's great people, awesome yeah. team, and I, I know them already, and I'm just, yeah, something I was really looking forward to. Yeah, that's so, cool that you, you stuck with those guys that were you already knew and stuff. Um. When you see a guy like Josh Varese get a you know a fill-in ride, does that kind of give you any like you go oh, okay I could maybe get that same opportunity? Do you even care about something like that right now? Is it just kind of trying to still figure out where you're at? Well, I mean, yeah, it definitely gives me hope because I mean, he definitely I think he earned it. He had good results and he was consistent, and I know that I'm capable of doing that. And um, I mean, I know that I'm on a good team now, but. I, my goal is is to get on one of those established teams, obviously, in the future, just like any other rider wants, sure. and you know, move on from there and just kind of see what happens. But I got to get through this year. This will be my first year in uh, racing Supercross, so it'll be a learning experience. So, have you rode much Supercross? Like, you know, do you have one at your house, or, or are you really learning from scratch almost? Um. So I kind of. I used to race the Amsoil Arena Cross, the AMA stuff. Okay. Like, so I kind of like grew up racing in stadiums and that just like type of track. Um, I trained on Supercross tracks a little bit for Supercross Futures, but I've never really been full swing Supercross training. Okay. That's going to be. So, man, how do you feel about whoops, man? Like, I, I have zero talent when I ride, dude. I'm not good at all. But like, yeah. there's not a chance in hell that I, I, even in my youth, that I think I'd want to hit a set of whoops wide open. Uh, you know, I just, I, I'm out, man. I'm out on the whoops. Sorry. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously they're gnarly. I, I, I'm not scared yet because I haven't started it. So, <laughs> I like it. Okay. You know, I'm keeping, I'm trying to keep that mood and um, <laughs> I know, I know I'm going to get it. So I just got to put my head down to it and it's just going to take some time, but. We're going to – I got my trainer, Jay Whipple, and he's good at what he does, so we'll get it figured out. 
Okay. Yeah. I was about to actually ask you about who you train with, who you ride with, who you, who you have in your corner. So yeah, I train with Jay Whipple on track. Um, and I work out in gym with Brock Tickle. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we do road bike rides, gym, all that good stuff. Brock's a good dude. Yeah, Brock's a very good dude. Even though he hasn't answered my text in like the last month. So (laughs) I've been trying to get him on to talk about. Huh? I'll tell him. Yeah, tell him, dude. I've been trying to get him on to uh, talk about testing and what, you know, working like he's doing. And um, and then he he did a school with um, Travis Sewell recently. And Travis was on. I was trying to get Brock on to talk about that. He, Brock's not very good about responding. <laughs> I think he has a lot of dudes hitting him up. Probably so. Probably so. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so, um, what kind of, you know, obviously you said you, you haven't really done much Supercross, so you're kind of getting used to that. What What is the biggest expectation you have yourself going into 22 season? What What can you accomplish that you would be like, okay, I, I, I did that. Now let's go forward. I, I want to stay healthy. Uh, stay in one piece, obviously, and make mains. You know, start off from there. Good base That's goals. A big yep. goal of mine. Yeah, yep. I mean, nothing serious. There's, I'm not going to go in and say, "Hey, I'm going to go get top ten my first race." That's just, you know, if it happens, it happens. That's awesome. You know, I'll be super happy. But I'm going in just. Um, my goal is just to make a main and get through the race and finish. Stay out you of know, the nets. Where I'm at. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> stay stay out of the Steve Mathis nets. We got to do that. Yeah. Uh, well, like our boy Logan Carnell last year. I, <laughs> no, but I I like I like that because you can you can always add more. It's kind of the same thing of like you know exactly. when you're a kid and you're and you're yeah. you're going to get food on your plate. Like oh, you can always you don't take more than you can eat. You can always add yeah. more. You go back and get more. But like I like that approach. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I don't want to take too much on at one time for sure. No, because if you fall a little bit short, then you feel like you're failing. And yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um. So I noticed you're in fly racing. Is that a, a brand you've been with for a while or? Yes. Very long time. I've been true. I've been with fly since I think 17. Okay. And I also, I also That's wore right. their gear when I was little too, for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's kind of been flies kind of been in my corner my whole career. Well, that, that for me always adds bonus points, man. They, uh, they've helped me out for years and they're part of the show. So JT yeah, they're and Max. Super good to me. Yeah, those guys, man, such just a fantastic company, man. I love those guys. Yep. Awesome people to work with. Yeah. So you talked about your goals a little bit when Scotty asked a minute ago, but um what about like I'm trying to think how I want to ask this question. Well, I, I guess it's do you care like fantasy is big for us <laughs> oh as God. fans, right? It's important, <laughs> yeah. dude. Don't it's listen really, to really important. Uh, but I know as a rider, like riders get so annoyed getting it brought up, but do you, do you, first of all, are you aware of the, how fantasy works and how fans can be like brutal about it? I'm not, I haven't okay. been into that. Me no, neither, well, man. Don't worry. Like, all right. Well, I, just, just be prepared for people to start hitting you up about fantasy, uh, be prepared for man. Every, it's just the. A lot of the okay. guys in the industry, dude, are going to be like trying to take care of you. Like, hey, man, do you need you know? Do you need anything? Do you need hey, to change? You, you got to po- get this placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's 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 really important to us fans. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have some uh you're gonna have some keyboard warriors who are gonna <laughs> who are not gonna like you at times, and you're just gonna hey, have to brush the that. Heads up. 
<laughs> you just got to brush that shit off. But um, yeah, that's okay. yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing you race Supercross, dude. It's it's gonna be cool. It's just always cool to see the new guy, the young kids out there, because clearly you're a talented rider with your results. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. I'm I'm excited. So off the bike, away from moto, what's what's something that kind of like makes you you, or kind of you know what's something that kind of is unique about you away from the moto industry? Man, I just uh, I like to hang out with my buddies, and I go golfing sometimes. God, I like yes, to, like, <laughs> you know I golf, <laughs> I do that. So I like I like to go ride my mountain bike, and you know just keep it fun. Go to the beach, yeah. Uh, get away from it. Obviously, it's it's good to do. You into any kind of music? Are you a music guy? Uh, I mean, I listen to like all kinds of music: rock, rap, yeah. country. Okay, so, just but you're not like a diehard music guy. Like, like, it's, like do you no, have to have no, music no. to work okay, out yeah, and stuff I'm, like that? No, man, I'm, I've I'm, always been like I've always been you know moto 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 since I've been three years old. So I feel like it's hard to like know other stuff. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's, <laughs> it's weird how to me like it's a little strange sometimes when I talk to motocross professional motocross riders and like they don't know much about movies and they don't know much about music. And I'm like, damn yeah. man, I'm so like, Hey, he's a golfer though. He's, he's fine. I don't. Yeah. I, I do golf. Clearly, I might not be very good. Right. But I'm out there trying. Clearly I'm going to have to learn how to play golf. Cause they, he like, get, they, him and him and uh, our producer TJ, they get, they get so butthurt about golf. It's so funny. It's not really butthurt. It's just so weird that like in the last couple years, Dude, it's a, it's a the, thing, it's, man. It's a revolution. Yeah, every, Join every it. Adapt rider, or die, man. Riders are just obsessed with it all of a sudden. I'm like, where did this happen? Or when did it happen? Hey, I, I think that's kind of weird too. Cause it golf can kind of just spurt it out of nowhere. Yeah. I didn't start playing until well, like a year ago, honestly. I mean, I'm, I'm older. I'm almost, uh, older. well, I'm in between you and dark side. So I'm, I'm in my third, the early thirties. And when, when I was in high school, golf was like, that was not the cool thing to no, do. No, it's not cool. No. Golf yeah, and I, but now I'm kicking myself in the teeth for not going yeah. ahead and playing it in high school because I probably would be a lot better than I am now. But, <laughs> but, but it's, I mean, now it's just like everybody yeah. does it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Every golf course I ever go to is just packed out. I guess I need to get yeah. some clubs and go play golf with you. Well, hey, I'm, I'm you looking forward well to it. give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, dude, Austin, I'm getting a little old. I, I know when you saw me, you probably thought I was, like, in my 20s because I'm, like, young and beautiful. <laughs> but I'm really getting old, and my body hurts a lot. And, yeah, maybe golf would be the sport for me now. Well, I don't, see, I'm, I'm looking the at it as a way I'm of, not even calling it a sport. It's a game. Because now I have something in common outside of moto that I can use as that's that's that as to become as an up-and-coming hey. aspiring media guy. That's a good, like, hey, man, let's go play some golf, see? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you already have me. something, Austin, to talk about. We can talk about golf. Yeah. But I got to go. Exactly. What's, the, what's the golf place everybody goes to and hit ball, drive balls? What's that place called? Oh, Top Golf. Yeah, I went to Top. I got to go to Top Golf for Jets yeah, championship party though. Yeah. So f you. He doesn't even play golf, and he's already have a cooler Didn't golf hit a experience. Single ball, man. I was. In, I don't, I've never been there. Yeah, I. Well, I only went to one time, and I watched Jet and Hunter and Mertz drive balls, and then um, I'm blanking. Uh, who? Oh God. Somebody's girlfriend was killing it. She was crushing the ball, and I was like. I'm not even going to try because I will be <laughs> they will laugh and I didn't it's, it's kind of like it's honestly like it's kind of like getting into like a, a like a deep rut like the the harder you try to get into that rut yeah. the more you're going to pop out of it but like not it's all about fluid so people think that they have to go just put all their complete yeah, yeah. mind into it and it's not I don't know it's just fun I guess I need you to get into it Austin 
Well, Austin, dude, we took up a bunch of your time, man. It's cool. Oh, you're get, good, man. Cool, cool getting a chance to meet you. I really look forward to uh, maybe getting to know you a little better once Supercross comes around, get you on the show again. We'll talk about how that's going. Sounds good. Hey, good talking to you guys. Yeah, man. appreciate you. Check out Austin at, at Austin Black underscore five five AEO Power Sports Gas Gas Rider. Thanks, dude. Good luck, man. Heck yeah. Later, guys. All right. Take care. See ya. You too. Bye. Dude, I totally froze up. I was caught in between two questions I wanted to ask him, and I just got so tongue-tied on that. But cool talking to Austin, uh, young kid coming up. Like, I, it's so weird. I, I Googled his results at Loretta's, and nothing for 21 came up. So I didn't. Yeah, I, I, to be completely honest with you, I I didn't. I had not heard his name before. You know, oh, really? and, and I, I wouldn't say that I'm completely emerge into the amateur world but i do right. try to watch loretta's every year so to kind of get a name of the guy especially the a-class guys yeah, that are about yeah. to move up i yeah, try to figure out fourth it, i think this year well and someone else earlier when the mechanics mentioned kilroy and yeah. guys like that i knew but i had i right. had not heard his name so for him to kind of do that and then come in under the radar and you top 20 you fall and still top 20 or first national it's pretty pretty darn impressive well, i i heard his name through pulp and all the guys in fantasy because he because Steve made that tweet that was like that black kid, that black kid. and people were like, I can't believe you. Oh. He's like, I capitalized it, dude. It's his last name, you know? So it was sort of a funny tweet. And like, that's how he kind of caught my attention and I was watching him for fantasy. Um, but then like I saw him, yeah, I only talked to him for a brief second at Hangtown, but cool, man. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to see some good things out of him. Cause yeah, with that'd be results cool. like he's had, like you can see that he, he should get better, right? Yeah. I mean, he's only done t- two outdoors. Chances are oh, we should have pretty... asked him what coast he's doing. Well, he probably doesn't know yet. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, they I'm don't. assuming he doesn't know yet. So anyway, um, okay. So uh, as far as the guest, that's pretty much a wrap tonight. Um, I did want to mention. I was saying earlier, so I splurged and I'm going to see Tool in January. I know you don't care about that. No, I like Tool. It's a big deal for me. I've been trying to. I've been wanting to see him for years and realized like I just can't spend the money for those kind of tickets. Right. And with shit going on in life right now. They went on sale like last Friday, and I didn't think there'd be any seats left. And I was messaging with Lucas Myrtle, which is you know Jet and Hunter's um, agent. He's a you know well-known agent in the industry. He's a big Tool fan. Yeah. Steve was telling me about that, and I'd, I'd heard that before on Pulp Show. So I messaged him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I bought four tickets for I think maybe Anaheim. I can't remember." And we were talking about that, and he started sending me all these videos from his house of all these like signed guitars he has and all this music stuff. He's like, dude, I don't have anybody in this industry. I get to share this with like, nobody cares. Yeah. I'm like, Oh dude, I'm all in. Let's go see. Let's go see tool together. You know? Cause yeah. Right. Mertz has connections. Like he'll get like front row and backstage and shit. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, trying to, I've, I've heard that their concerts are phenomenal. So, so I, you may have heard, I mentioned that a while back, but, Oh, I've Mark, heard it from other. Okay. I mean, I I know more about Tool than you. Yeah. Than okay, you their think shows are always supposed to be good. The last tour, my buddy Monty, who I've mentioned many times, plays for Madonna, lots of bands. He went and saw him, and he, you know he's been to a lot of shows, obviously, because yeah, he's, he's a professional musician. He said that last tour was the best concert he's ever seen, the best stage production, best sound quality. He said he's never seen a show I've, that good. I've heard that. So I am looking forward January thirty first, Dallas man, American Airlines. I'm finally going. Awesome. Cannot wait. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is we had Josh Verrees on a, a couple weeks ago, and I was really impressed with the guy. And I don't know, two or three weeks ago, I'm laying at the house. I got I've got COVID, can't do shit, and like I was going to sleep, and I thought, man, I really feel like I need to 
be a little more productive in the media stuff. I mean, the podcast, all this stuff. I, I decided I want to try to write an article. So I got Josh back on the phone like that Saturday, a couple Saturdays ago, asked a few more questions, and I wrote my very first article. I sent it to Mathis. He actually sent back. That's really good. That's an impressive. Anytime he compliments, that's impressive that Mathis does any kind of compliments. <laughs> but it should be up on pulpmex.com maybe now or at least in a little bit. So check it out, man. I wrote my first article uh, let me know what you guys think. It should be at pulpmex.com. It's, uh, it's just a little something about Josh Varese and getting the opportunity to go from a privateer to a factory ride uh, as, as a fill-in and what that's like. And maybe having to go back to being a privateer, we don't know yet because he's not he doesn't have anything signed yet. Be, I feel like you I feel like you can do a lot with your titles like from the dark side or <laughs> I used a uh, I dark. actually used a Van Halen song title to try to get Steve buttered up a little bit it's called standing on on the top for a little while Oh, okay yeah yeah so um yeah that's that's kind of what i went with to try to get him to post it but when we were riding mountain bikes i told him about it and i was like dude i don't know if it's that good you know and uh, i said i don't know if you'd be willing to post it because he asked me do you want me to post it i was like well if you think it's good enough and he's like Eh, our standards are pretty low on pulpmix.com. So, so it's not like Davey's posting you on Racer X or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yet. not yet. But anyway, yeah, try to give it a check. Check it out. Pulpmix.com. I don't know if it's up yet, but uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, anything else from you? No, man. I'm just glad to be back. Uh, that you know that show turned out to be really good. Got a little good yep. quality. So I'm looking forward to keep on going and, and hopefully doing a little more. Um, I think I'm going to start doing. You said a little more yeah, I think with I'm gonna let you take over the Instagram, Instagram page. stuff. So yep. I'm, I'm I'm glad to be growing and uh, hope to do more with you guys. So awesome, awesome! I want to thank again our title sponsor, Cherbies USA, X Brand Goggles, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID, R Jerky. Visit eat R, the letter R, eatrjerky.com. Use promo code MotoXPod21. Williams Moto Works and Extreme Colors. Uh, Works Connection coming on board. Hopefully some others. We're working on that. We'll get some more sponsors in. Uh, Patreon.com. If you guys want to support the show, it helps out a ton. Thanks to Alex Campbell, Austin Watterson, Austin Black. Probably no show next week. We'll try to wait until TJ's back in for the next one. I'm going to work on lining up some stuff. Oh, what I want to mention, we were talking about Silly Season earlier. Justin Hill's coming back. Did you know that? I did not know Justin that. Justin Hill's coming back. I don't think he's announced it yet. He kept his number. He's out at um, South, not South. I knew Park. that bag it gave his up, but that's all I knew. Well, he just didn't answer. Well, but it, it but nobody it took it, so it's still there. Um, but he is at um, South of the Border, I think, is what is where Justin's t- testing him. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to get him on the show. He owes me an interview, so uh, we're working on that. I'd like to get him on to talk about it. I'm gonna try to get Brock Tickle on. I've reached out to Blake Baggett, still no response. But we're, yeah, good we're luck working on, on some one. stuff. So we'll probably be back. In That's a couple cool. Of weeks. I didn't know Justin Hill was coming back. That's awesome. Yeah, Glad I'm stoked that. on that. He's a cool, cool cat. I've been seeing his. You know, I I thought the opposite because I've been seeing a lot of his posts for he's doing his music and stuff. I thought he was doing more of that stuff. No, I think he's coming so, back, man. So he he's kept no, the number no, and he's been riding. Not a sheriff. He's coming back. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to find out, man. He did become a sheriff. I, he was supposed to come on when that happened, and we haven't made it happen yet. He hasn't responded, but that's. I wonder. Seems if, to be pretty common. Maybe they right can. Now. Maybe he can get like uh, some cool, like like a cool gear set that has like a sheriff thing to it. That'd be cool. 
I'm, I'm just. I don't like that at all. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. That's, <laughs> It'd be funny. He I, seems like the guy that could pull something like that off. Okay, man. Whatever. Oh, yeah, I, I don't mean, even know what to say. Yeah. Just, I don't know what to say. That's a wrap off. for this episode. <laughs> 211. We'll be back probably in two weeks. We're out of here.